You're listening to the Fantasy on Tap podcast. Y'all ready for this? A podcast where three dudes talk about fantasy football and beer. Here is your host, Nate McAllister. Hello, fantasy football community, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the F to the O to the T. I'm your host, Nate McAllister, and the Trinity is back. We all reunited again. James is here. How you doing, Borges? Doing great, man. Doing great. Ready to talk about these running backs. And the foot is back foot. Brother, tell us about your hunting trip. How did you do? I did a lot of walking. And that's about it. But that was a lot of fun. And it was hot, but it was a good time. And so I'm just excited to be back. I got to figure out how to do this and beat you guys in this fantasy draft that we're playing right now. And so if you hear me be silent for a minute, it's because I'm wrecking you fools at a slow draft. (laughs) Yeah, we're doing a uh, our normal fantasy draft that's been going on for about like, I don't know, I think it's about 10 years. Uh, we started the draft, we're, like we've said in previous episodes, we're moving to Dynasty on this, so it um, should be a lot of fun. We're also doing a slow draft, which is also new to a lot of the people on here. It's been a lot of fun, a lot of, a lot of shit talking, a lot of uh, feelings getting hurt. James got his feelings hurt pretty bad earlier <laughs> by my pops. My pops really <laughs> gave it to him, Jimmy, Jimmy got his feelings hurt, So, uh, but in all good fun. And like they said... Today, we are going to go off of that first episode we had. We tried to squeeze in both uh, the quarterbacks and the running backs. We're unable to do so. We failed miserably. So we are going to knock out the top 15 running backs for 2020 fantasy season tonight. But before we do, we got to start talking about them drinks. Yay! And I'll start it off. I got one. I've actually had this one in my fridge uh, for a while. And uh, I got it for an episode, and it kind of just sat there. This is the last one, so it's just been sitting there waiting to go on an episode. Uh, it is called – it's from the Device Brewing Company. It's called Curious Haze. Got my boy right there. It looks like Curious George. Show the fellas. He's sitting uh, that, on there. Curious, it's dope. Curious, Curious George sitting there. I actually dropped this one, so the can's all messed up. So I hope <laughs> it doesn't just blow up on me right here. I Actually, um, me and Jimmy both hope that happens. Yeah, that won't be good. <laughs> so uh, Open it's, it, hurry. they're brewed out of uh, Sacramento, and uh, this is just a Northeast style IPA. I'm not sure what a Northeast style IPA is. I didn't look it's into that. A, at all. It's a hippie beer, then. That's what it oh, is. Oh, hippie beer. There we go. Yeah. Northeast style IPA. Hippie beer. Here we go. We got that. Correct. Oh, yeah. Didn't explode. We're good. We're safe. Oh, man. This beer does smell delicious. I actually forgot how it tastes. I got it so long ago. So here we go. Yeah, that's really good. Um, I don't again. I can't tell a difference really between like a just a standard hazy IPA and one a northeast uh, style IPA. Uh, it's really really smooth. It has you could definitely tell that it's a hazy IPA because it's full flavor. Um, it's a really good beer. It's it's delicious. It's a um, definitely one. If I saw it in the uh, in the uh, store again, I would buy it. Yeah, yeah it's one of them. I mostly bought it because I thought my my daughter, she's all about that Curious George. So I thought it was kind of funny. Because you and, thought she uh, wanted to drink it. No, no, that was not what I was thinking. Oh, was, uh, okay. that's what I thought, man. More Way off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Way off. Uh, yeah. So it's a delicious beer. Um, I give it a solid seven out of 10. It's a good one. 
Uh, I'd drink it again for sure. Dude, isn't that what, what you got? Isn't that what most girls called you at the bar? Seven, seven out of a ten. So what? Until I got, they got to uh, a couple beers in them, then then I started moving up the ladder. Oh, okay, that's small. That's smart. Hey, now listen out here, fellas. So you guys help know my thing here. I'm not like you guys. I'm not gonna go and get all these fancy beers because ain't nobody gonna drink them. I'm giving the real listeners the real beers and the real man's taste test. Okay. So I went out and I got me the Mexican beer Pacifico. I have never had it. Never had, wow. a, never had a Pacifico. Never first had a Pacifico. Uh, to give a to give a real man's uh, opinion on it, we have to have a real man. So uh, well, first off, dude, you guys seen my weight yesterday when I sent you guys that video of my weight. That's beast mode. You guys didn't see that on my Marco. I was like, you see that weight? <laughs> I flex my muscles. Oh you no! Know? I just saw you flexing your muscle. I dude, didn't see a weight. Was dude, it like one hundred thirty-seven pounds? Exactly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that i have my clothes on so pacifico i never had it i'm gonna give it a shot decent crack you know what i mean there's that crack there's that crack that's a good mexican beer right there boys you guys you guys like this <laughs> you guys like this craig Dude, that's, you're fired that's bro. you mexican can't work here right no there. more <laughs> why dude oh, we've been drinking pacifico yeah. since we were like 18 or something. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe you, you this is how the first said time that? you see had. how he said that. He's like, "We've been drinking Pacifico since we were 18. I was like, "No, <laughs> Cheech and Chong over there." Oh, great. <laughs> so, but no, I've never had it. I, you know, I grew up. I told you guys drinking Bud Light. You know what I mean? You know, probably some fruity drinks. I couldn't handle my alcohol. I didn't really start drinking. I don't know if you guys know this until like. I started hanging out with Nate. Like I would have a beer here and there. Dude, I remember the first time me and Nate went out, we had like, I, I swear I held the same beer in my hand the whole entire time we were at the bar. Like oh, I was like, did. this was bad. And then eventually I got into it. But this specific was really good. I would. Uh, I think it was mostly because you uh, you were cheap and you just didn't want to buy another beer at the bar because it was dude, so expensive. See, Nate Dog came through and Jimbo came through in the clutch for me. I was going through divorce, man. I didn't have no damn money, dude. If it wasn't <laughs> for these guys. You know what I mean? Remember that one time where I was like, "Yeah, I'll buy shots for everybody," and then these girls were like asking for the most expensive alcohol. So <laughs> yeah. That was a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I don't even think you bought it for him. I think you bought no, him I some did. other cheaper I, I version. Went, no, I went. I went through. That was at a the hotel on the third oh, floor. Yeah. yeah. So you didn't I eat lunch say, that week. What? You didn't eat lunch that I week. I didn't eat. I didn't lunch that. But honestly, this I like the can. It's kind of kind of reminds me like of a tattoo. I guess it is. But it's a tall boy. I'm gonna drink the whole thing. I would uh, give this <laughs> a. Uh, You're wild, a, Craig. You didn't drink a whole tall can of Pacifico, bro. Dude, I remember yeah. when I got my first chest hair. Dude, actually, dude, all I get, all, all I get is hair around my nipples anyway. So that's kind of where Whoa, I'm at. James, too much information, James, Flit. James, I know what you're drinking. You've already told us what you're drinking on our private Snapchat. Or no, we don't, we Whoa, don't do private. That's OnlyFans, Craig. Yeah, only you got to throw the plug out at the end. Yeah. Okay. So, James, what are you drinking? R- real quick. Speaking of weight, um, I just went to the doctor a couple of days ago and got myself weighed. How, how much do you guys think I weigh? Um. Uh, 178 pounds. I was going to say a buck 75. I weigh 199. Damn. <laughs> Damn. 199, Damn, boy. Here we go. <laughs> Dude. All right. I don't think I've weighed myself in about three years, so. I don't know if you want to. But anyways, um, me and Nate have had this beer before. Um, this is one of my favorite beers from my memory. I just remember drinking it, and I really, really enjoyed it. Um the can is what attracted to me in the first place. I've been on the hunt for this beer for like three months. 
um, because of this whole COVID thing and shipment issues. They haven't had it. I went in randomly today and they had it in. This is the Maui Waui IPA. And this is Ooh. brewed by the Ultimate Beer, Altamont Beer Works out of Livermore, Livermore, California. Shout out to Livermore. Um, let's give it a crack. Dude, isn't Maui Waui like a, uh, isn't that like a, a, it's a, a strand of weed? Of weed? Is that like a yeah. strand of weed or something? Maui, I, I wouldn't Maui. know. You know what I mean? Because right I'm from Utah. We only do crack out here. So <laughs> no, that's meth, right? Oh yeah, meth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, you guys are meth capital. Actually, no. All I think right. they do a lot of like pills, like that, that kind of stuff. I don't know. I'm not into this scene. How's it taste, James? Oh man, it is such a good beer, man. I I I remember it tasting really good, and it does taste really good. Um, has a nice sweet flavor to it, like a fruity type of flavor to it. It has just enough bite on it. The can is one of the coolest cans ever. Can you see that, Craig? That is it's a like, pretty dope can. It's like, uh, what are those things called? Uh, tiki? No, it's no, not Tiki. What are those other things? I know what you're talking yeah, about. It's, yeah, it's a Tiki. Tiki. It's a tiki. It's yeah, tiki, tiki. Right. it's a Tiki yeah, man. Guess. He's pissed off. Uh, what's that show? Uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple. That's what it kind of yeah. reminds me that of. That was the bomb, Welcome dude. To the Legends of Hidden Temple. Boom, boom. Dude, you guys yeah, know you guys wanted to play show. that so bad when you guys were um, kids. I highly recommend getting this beer. Go out, get this beer. You you can't mistake the can. It's rainbow, like, chromed out, like, weird looking. It's just, it, it'll catch your eye, and it's such a good beer. Please go get it. Way to go, Altamont. Way to go, Livermore. Let's go. I'm headed down there right now to go get it. See ya. <laughs> All right. Well, enough about them libations. Oh, wait. I had the one plug that I wanted to toss in there. Uh, so uh, all of you tall boys and tall girls out there, I mean, we don't get enough listeners to make any money off this thing, and we ain't trying to. <laughs> but our boy, the foot out there, man, he is he's just struggling with this computer situation. So we're thinking about making a, a GoFundMe out there to, to get his, uh, his computer situation fixed. Um, so if you guys can help our boy, the foot, so we can continue to bring this great content to you, um, please, please look out for that. We'll be putting it on all of our social media platforms. Help the foot. No, this computer is perfect, dude. It is for <laughs> one thing and one thing only, and it is to to uh, give all these listeners, um, uh, you know, this gift of my my voice, and that's you it. That's all we need up, it for. A Ron, you picked the wrong <laughs> computer, dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's Asus, not A Ron. Close though, you're close. <laughs> all right, well, enough about that. We are now going to crack that fantasy keg, and we're going to start talking about the top. 15 running backs of the 2020 fantasy football season craig who is the first man on the list that we're going to be talking about oh uh, is it a question i don't know i don't like, know what you mean. no that's not no it. it's not a question we've talked about this man so um fantasy pros we're going to go through them we're going to go down the list on what they have as their top 15 okay one at a time but they have christian mccaffrey as their number one running back this year and so does nate <laughs> so does james bang bang so do i gentlemen somebody please let me know why is this man number one on everybody's board what does he do that nobody else can do it's, it's pretty easy uh for you to say that like is there a chance that christian mccaffrey doesn't finish the the rb1 yep but i think what you're banking on there for is that christian mccaffrey is going to finish uh, has the 
the best opportunity to finish within like that top five. And that's kind of really what you're hitting for on your, on your first round pick. You need a guy that returns first round production. I don't care if you draft him at 10, 12 or one, you need a guy who returns that first round production. And now once it goes farther and farther down this running back list, you're going to start to see guys who have less and less of a chance to return that first round value. And so Christian McCaffrey is just so safe. He catches all those balls. He still gets all the goal line work. He runs the rock. He doesn't miss games. I mean, knock on wood. Uh, he is, he's just a man beast. And uh, he gets all the opportunities there. And he's on the field like some ridiculous amount of time too. It's like 98% of the time or something like that. So, And he, he proved just, it last year without Cam. He proved it, right? And that's another thing, right? He, he, he can show that he can do it with whatever, you know. Whatever had, scrub. Yeah, whatever guy they have there. Now they have a, you know, I don't think is a Cam Newton, but he's still a great quarterback. So, yeah, no. James, you got anything to add on why C to the mock? C is uh, number number one. Mm, pretty simple. I mean, I had the first pick in our dynasty draft, Craig. I was I was waiting for you to lead into that. It's the easiest pick of the draft I had. It's easy taking CMC number one. To put it quite simple, he's one of three running backs ever. We're talking Marshall Falk, Roger Craig, and this guy CMC last year ran for over a thousand and caught for over a thousand yards. I mean. 116 receptions last year, 107 the year before. You're drafting a wide receiver that's going to catch over 100 balls in a PP, half PPR. Um, I mean, that's what our show is about, half point per reception format. Anyone that catches over 100 balls is going gonna, is gonna to score you a grip of points. And then add on top of that, the guy rushes for almost 1,400 yards and 15 touchdowns. This is a no-brainer. you got to take him. And like Craig said, he's safe. It doesn't matter who his quarterback is back there, what the situation is, this guy's going to produce for you. Dude, I'm telling you, man, he's a beast. Hey, what college did he go to, guys? He went to Stanford. Stanford. Oh, man, I'm glad. Dude, usually I stumped the chumps over there, but you guys finally got one. Stanford's right. right here in our backyard, dog. You can't, I, I, I can't be messing around like that. Oh, dude. I, you guys are, you guys are like considered like middle California where you were where you were born and raised or is that northern? Don't hit us don't hit us up with that. We're Sin Cal. That's what they call us. Sin Cal? <laughs> Sin Cal. I remember when I spelled you, you spelled with the S I N, yeah. S I N Sin Cal, not C E N like Central Cali. <laughs> Even though we're from Central California, they call it the Sin Cal. Dude, when you yeah, you told me when uh when I first met you it was called No Beach California. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I swear one of you guys did, but all right. Moving on. So CMC, number one. Number two, honestly, I thought for sure my boy over there with a newly shaved mustache was not going to put this guy as his number two, but he did. Fantasy Pros also has him as number two. Saquon Barkley. All three of us have him. The consensus is we all got him at number two. Jimmy. Why not? If, if we all got him straight as our number two, why is he not that number one? Um, because of the last two you just mentioned, CMC. I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, I talked about it on the NFC East um, episode. If there's anyone that's going to come close to CMC, it's going to be this guy. I actually think these two are kind of in a tier by themselves. And then the next guy we're going to talk about, I feel like there's a little bit of drop off to him. And then everything, then there's every other running back. You know, I mean, there's tears after that. But I think these two guys have the biggest chance of making the most production. I think Saquon's in a good situation because they don't really have a standout wide receiver. We know what Evan Ingram can do. They got a young rookie, I mean, second-year quarterback. Um, 
and he could catch the hell out of the ball out of the backfield. I think it, he's going to have similar type production. I just think CMC is a little bit better. Yeah, he's an absolute freak of nature. If you just see this man, he's a, he's a physical specimen. Um, he's in a good situation, like Jimmy said. Their offensive line, they've invested pretty heavily into it uh, over the years. Plus, they added, what was the free agent uh, tackle that they added? Uh, Jimmy's our, line, oh, he's our lineman connoisseur. Oh, didn't he? They added the op- tackle, and did he opt out? They didn't. Add, they added him a couple years ago. You're talking about the uh, uh, the left tackle from the New England Patriots. I can't yeah, think of his yeah, name yeah. off the top of my head, but he did opt out. But they drafted a they drafted a left tackle. I think with the eighth pick, or it was a top ten pick. Yeah. So I mean, they've invested heavily into the position. So it's just going to make uh, it's going to make him have a lot more success. Obviously, the weapons outside there, they can't really stack the box, or they can get crushed by the weapons and Danny Dimes. I mean, it's a very good situation. If there's one knock on him um, out of these top three guys. He's the only one to miss time due to injury. Um, I don't remember any time for CMC, none for the Zeke besides the uh, suspension. And if you're if you're looking at it that way, he's the only one to miss time d- due to injury, and that's uh that would be my, like my only knock on on the, that whole situation there. So, yeah, oh for sure. But I think he's gonna stay healthy, man. Like you said earlier, dude, he is a, a specimen. Those legs, dude. Actually, man, I that's how I look down on my legs. That's what I notice, man, <laughs> when I see my legs. So hey. Nate, what college did he go to? Penn State. Gosh, damn it, man. I'm going to get you guys. Oh we got to go God. deeper. We got to go deeper. I, so, I, so, so quickly before we move on, Andrew Thomas was the left tackle. They drafted Will Hernandez in the second round last year, and then they traded for Kevin Zeitler. Kevin Zeitler oh, from the Browns. Zeitler, He's an all-pro. Yeah. So that offensive line is stacked. Really? Well, that's weird because what they finally said, Eli, you're gone. Now we're going to get you an offensive line. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, no. They had the old, um, the old center. What was the center's name for years for Eli? Oh. Uh, God, dang. O'Hara. There was Sean O'Hara. Saturday. No, no O'Hara. No Saturday O'Hara. Yeah, Peyton. yeah. That was it. Yep, yep. <clears throat> All right, man. So Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley. We're staying status quo, guys. Stick with us, tall boys and tall girls. I'm telling you right now, things are about to get crazy here in just a minute. But we're moving on to that number three guy. Fantasy Pros got him as number three, Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel or Ezekiel? No, There's an kidding. E on the front of it, brother. I, I know, I'm just messing. All right. I'm just trying to get no, Jimmy. Trying to get Jimmy. No, I swear <laughs> I am kidding. I'm trying to get Jimmy because Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy said something earlier that he messed up on what he said. And I was like, I want to call him out. But I'm going to be nice. So Ezekiel Elliott is all of our number three. He is the number three on the board. Do you guys think that everybody's going with these two as an, or these three as the number three, or uh, all the way around? Yeah, I can't see a situation where a person is going to fade these three guys. You know, like Jimmy said earlier, and we've had conversations about it. It goes one, two. That's like the first tier, and there's just a baby drop down there. Then it goes to Zeke, and then it's everyone else. Okay, I, what is that drop? What is that drop that you guys are stating? The, that what is it? The drop pass that catching I'm, ability. I oh, think personally for me, it's a uh, it's it's Zeke's ability to catch the ball. Uh, he he proved that he can because he had like eighty receptions last year. But he the issue is the other two guys they actually can be put into a situation to run a route. Zeke is more getting his receptions off an opportunity. And I also think some of those those receptions come back. And so that's that's where I think the regression falls. 
for me personally, it's the talent that's on the teams. Uh, I don't think the Panthers are surrounded with such elite talent. I don't think the Giants are surrounded with such elite talent. They have those, you know, they had the double-headed monster of wide receivers last year. Like like Nate said, I will agree with him. He's not such a polished route runner as the other two. This year, actually, in training camp, you know, obviously I'm a huge Cowboys fan. I read up on the news every single day. That's all he's been doing. He hasn't been actually running the ball. He's been just working out of the slot, working on his route running ability, running different, um, you know, the different route tree. Um, so I think that's something that he's focused on this year. But for me, even if he does work on that and he proves upon it, I still think they Dallas just has way too much talent on offense for him to receive the amount of receptions that Saquon and, and CMC are going to get. Yeah, he went uh, 32, 26, and then I was wrong. I'm sorry. It was 2018, he had 77 receptions. And 2019, he had 54, so another regression there. Targets went down as well from 71, uh, from 95 to 71. So uh, maybe maybe that uh, 77, 2018 was just an outlier. Um, and maybe we're seeing that the 54 mark is kind of his his floor. Or, I, I believe or that. Do those other, or do those other guys kind of even bite a little bit deeper into that and he and he actually regresses back to like his 26 and 32 reception totals from 2016 and 17 um actually 2017 was a, a 10 game year so he probably gets a little bit higher so yeah I'd, I'd feel safe to say that he's going to get 45 45 receptions i'm okay with that i'd rather have the ball in cd's hands anyway so <laughs> yeah give the ball to cd That's there you go stupid free name. cd Stupid name. Now, no, that's that's usually when you get out of the car at Walmart and they're trying to, hey man, here's a free CD. <laughs> well, you can donate to me if you want to. A couple bucks. But <laughs> now we are moving on to the man. I like this cat, Alvin Kamara. They have him ranked as their number four running back this year. Jimmy, he agrees with them. Me and Nate have Mr. Dalvin Cook right there. Jimmy. Why are you agreeing with all of these yuppies out here going with Alvin Kamara? What's the deal here? Just call him copy and paste Borges now. Wow. Just uh, go back to my NFC South episode where I had to defend my boy. Um, Last year was a little bit of a down year. He had some injuries going on. But uh, I just like his receiving potential. I mean, I I just like what he did the year before. I think this year is going to be a bounce back year. Go back, watch, watch some of those games. He's electrifying. He just wasn't himself last year. I think he has the potential to come back and be himself. They still have one of the best offensive lines. They still got Drew Brees. They got the number one wide receiver. He's going to have plenty of chances to run the ball, and he is a big-time receiving threat. That's why I got Alvin Kamara as number four. Nate Dogg, why, 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 why do you not have him there? What's the deal? Dude, I, feel, I feel kind of like sacrilegious when I, where I put Alvin Kamara. I put him at uh, – at eight in the eight spot. And every time I kept thinking like, okay, I'm making this list. I'm coming down. I'm doing like a little bit like kind of mock projections, projecting what's going on there. And every time I just looked at a running back and I'm like, nah, I like this guy better. I think he's going to have a better season. I think he'll mock out better than him. And he just kept falling down my list. And it's, he's everything that Jimmy said. He is electrifying. He's an elite talent. He, when the ball is, is in his hands, he could, you know, he could take it to the house at any time. My issue is, it's just, I I think we saw maybe what he truly was last year and how they're going to implement an office. I know he was a little banged up, so that was an issue. But 
I think that he's going to be a little bit more like that. I think they're not going to use him near the goal line as often as they as they did in his first couple of years. I I personally think that it was last year was more of what to come and I think he'll continue to drop down the board. So in half point perception, obviously a guy who's going to get that many targets is going to be valuable, but if he's not getting the rushing floor, then I'm not buying in in a top four position. So Nathan, you have him, like you said, in your eighth spot. How is, do you think that's as far as he could drop? Or do you, you say that could he possibly drop out of that 10? Oh, could he finish outside of the top 10? I, I think it's highly unlikely. He's oh, yeah. way too talented. Without without a significant injury, it's highly unlikely because his uh, receiving ability keeps him in there, keeps him relevant. I and mean, we saw Austin Eckler, I think, have a top five finish last year just with his receiving ability. So it's definitely within the realm of possibilities if he gets another – what did he get? Like, Does he have 78 receptions all three years he's been in the league? 81 I think. receptions all three oh, okay. years. Yeah, yeah I knew it was something crazy like that, yeah. I mean, yeah, if he gets another 81 receptions and he turned and he's a little bit more effective if they give him the ball near the goal line cuz that's where he really struggled. He didn't score the touchdowns. That's where he dropped off. And I could I could see that happening again. I could see it being an outlier. You know, t- touchdowns are too unpredictable. I'd rather a guy who's going to get that safe rushing floor. Uh it's not that he won't finish as a RB1 cuz I think he will. It's the fact that I think the other guys have a a a better chance of that happening and I and I'd rather invest in them in the first round. For sure. Hey, James, so I got a quick question for you, man. So right now you are pretty strong and everybody else is pretty strong, it seems like, on Alvin at number four. Is there anything or any way that you take Alvin over any one of those top three guys? Or is he just that number four? He's that next tier. He's he's the he's the drop off from the top three, like I mentioned. Yeah. yeah. Um, if he like Nate said, if he had more of the rushing floor, then he would be up there. But but those top three guys, I think, all have the potential Maybe Zeke doesn't, but the top two dudes are definitely going to catch around eight, 80 balls plus. So I'm going to take those guys because they have a higher rushing floor. All right. So would any one of you guys get his uh, nose piercing? Uh, no. Jimmy does or did have nose piercings. Double. Both, sides, both sides of my nostrils, but I didn't have like the bull like he has, <laughs> but that's dope. I like it. You like it? Oh. Hell yeah. I love that one commercial he has where he's dancing and he's flipping his hair. <laughs> Badass no, commercial. go look it up awesome. go look up go youtube it fans tall boys and tall girls go to youtube and then uh look up Alvin Kamara on his commercial he, he's a dancing freak okay we are definitely gonna be checking that out and he went to tennessee yeah he is a volunteer isn't he hell I yeah like, he's a volunteer uh, uh, that's a cool name i like it all right gentlemen now we are moving on to mr dalvin don't call me alvin cook from the Minnesota Vikings, this gentleman had a banger year last year. I know a lot of drafts, he kind of a lot of people didn't pick him maybe as high as you know his his value at the end of the year said, but they have him as their number five guy. Jimmy has him as their number five guy. Nate doesn't. Nate, why don't you have this guy as your number five? What's going on? Why? why because. Because uh, Alvin Kamara was there and I kind of just, I didn't flip-flop him actually. I just jumped him up there. And the reason being is I, I love the skill set. He's going to run the ball 250 times. He's going to catch the ball. And those are the type of guys that I'm taking as often as I can. So those are going to get stacked near the top of the of this uh, rankings because I think that they, they still give you the safe floor with catching the ball and they're going to get all of those goal line work. They're going to get all of the rushing work from their team. 
Alexander Madison is a talented back, but he's not more talented than Dalvin Cook. They're not going to decide, hey, we need to get Alexander Madison involved because Dalvin Cook can do everything he can but better. So there's no real issue of him losing carries. The only big drawback, and the thing, well, the two, the two drawbacks that everyone uh, comes to consensus with is it, it, they either hate Dalvin Cook because of his injury, uh, injury history, or his contract situation. So those are the two big drawbacks for him. So I hear a lot of guys saying, hey, go go stash Alexander Madison with him. If you're going to draft Cook, you got to get Madison. I don't know if I'm completely on board with that. I hate taking handcuffs. I'm just going to go with my guy. And I think Dalvin Cook provides such a safe floor with his abilities that he's a, he's a bona fide RB4 in, the, in this situation. And if I'm on the clock at four, then I have to take Dalvin Cook. So, the, hey, that's a good question, though. So, I know we're going to talk about this, gentlemen, on our next episode because there's a lot of fight with a lot of people saying Dalvin Cook or Michael Thomas. Who do you take? Be- oh, it's not even close for me there. Who are you I taking? Dalvin Cook. All Dalvin right. Cook for sure, yeah. Okay, man. Jimbo, what's up with my – what do you think about Mr. Dalvin Cook? You got him right after Alvin. So, uh, why, why, why that swap? It's, it's more of a gut feeling. You know what I mean? I, it's hard to fade Dalvin Cook. I mean, we knew he was talented coming out of college, and he had a couple injury-riddled seasons, and all of a sudden last year he explodes. Me and Nate have talked about it a bunch. It's like everyone forgot about him. Everyone slept on him and forgot his potential. I am also want to throw in there Kevin Stefanski isn't there anymore. He's left and went to the Browns. So who knows if they're going to be as run-heavy as they were. I mean, like the first like two or three weeks, the quarterback barely even threw the ball. It's like they handed it handed the ball to him for better, for worse, winning, losing ahead behind <laughs> all of that. I don't know if they're going to do the same thing this year. I don't know if he, if he's going to have that same potential that he did. I don't know. Just something in my gut tells me that he's not as safe as Alvin. And that's why, I mean, obviously the potential is there. I just feel safer taking Alvin than I do Dalvin. It's, it's hard to say, huh? It, the Alvin and the Dalvin gets you a little bit messed up, man. It's Kamara tough. and the Cook. Yeah, there we go. We got to be saying it like that. Nate, you got anything about anything else to say about Mr. Dalvin? No, nothing else. Nothing else, man. Hey, I'm telling you right now, though, the guy had a monster year last year. But honestly, James, you made a point that you said uh, that, you know, better or worse, they were handing the ball off. But, dude, wouldn't you do that with uh, Kirk Cousins as your quarterback? What you <laughs> yes, obviously off? you would because Kirk Cousins, I hate you, Kirk Cousins. We all know this. <laughs> Go to hell, Kirk Cousins. Just kidding. Uh, no, I got I got Kirk Cousins as uh, – you think this is an accurate representation of Kirk Cousins? He's the budget Brett Favre. Uh, I, it doesn't I seem think, like you guys like Tony that. I think Tony Romo's the budget Brett Favre. <laughs> <laughs> I think Tony Romo's his own type of dude, man. That, I mean, I guess maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's a good comparison too. But yeah. I, I don't even one. know what the hell Kirk Cousins is. Dude, he's – that guy he, can be hot. He's like hey, Alex, you Alex like that? twin brother. <laughs> Dude, Alex, Alex Smith's about throws. to win that job. He's about to win that job in Washington. All right, gentlemen. Now we are moving on to my lookalike, my body lookalike. Fantasy Pros has him as the number six overall on the ADP. Mr. Derek Henry. You guys know I look like that guy. Me and James both have him in that exact spot. Nate has him in the seventh hole. Nate, why the hell are you going to put up this guy that we're going to talk about in the ninth hole above Derrick Henry. Come on, man. Uh, so <clears throat> Derrick Henry, I mean, he's a beast. Uh, King Henry, uh, he 
he had a great season. He ran the ball like 303 times and it's really hard to fade. But the problem is he doesn't catch the ball. Whether, I mean, whether or not he does catch it or not, they don't pass him the ball. I know he's had some good breakaway stuff when he's in, he's in the open, but he's a really straight line running back. You don't see him juking fools. The way he, he, he's elusive is just smashing through people's faces. So, uh, He's good. He's really good. And I, and I like the fact that he's going to get all of that carries, but he has absolutely zero ability in the receiving game. And that's a little bit tough for me to, to put ahead of some of these other guys who may have a little bit better uh, receiving work or, or maybe a little bit uh, better situation. So I, I think that the Titan situation there is he could get game script out of games. They had a really good season. It was kind of a Cinderella story, but honestly, do we see the Titans repeating what they did and controlling games and running the ball through Derrick Henry and being in positive game scripts? Probably not. I no. can see them outside of that a lot. So that's why I kind of had to fade Derrick Henry a little bit. He's probably still going to get all those carries, but I don't know, man, I, I just, I could see them. I could see him getting totally phased out of a game because they have to, you know, come back from, um, from a deficit. Dude, but I see him getting all those touchdown, um, all those goal line, uh, all those goal line touches, and that's where I. That's the reason I love him so much is because who else are they going to give the ball to? You know what I mean? They're, and that's it. Yeah, they're just going to you know feed it to him three times. That's that's what I love about him is I feel like he's going to get those touchdowns, and I and I don't think it's a touchdown dependent thing. I just think he's just going to get them just because they have no other option. James King Henry, what you got? I. He's one of my favorite running backs to take just because he's the man. You know he's the man. Their whole offense revolves around him. This is my type of player that I like to draft in redrafts. I mean, if you have him in Dynasty, yeah, it's a little bit more scary because you're afraid that he's going to get worn down. But on a year-to-year basis, why not take a shot on this guy? I feel very comfortable with taking him as the sixth overall running back. I'm happy taking him right there. I mean, I really don't have much to say. Besides that, you guys already hit on it. He's in a, they're going to run the that sort. I know Nate's afraid they're going to game script, but I don't know what else they're going to do. They're not very talented anywhere else. I know that some people are, are are a little bit high on their wide receiver, but I don't touch. I don't trust that quarterback. I think they were on fire. The whole team had a groove kind of going on towards the end of the year. I think they have no other choice but to play defense and run the damn ball down your down your throat. The thing, uh, I guess, maybe the big takeaway. I mean, is he he had. 18 receptions last year and that's the most he's had in his career <laughs> so he had, he had like 1.12 receptions per game or something like that like that's that's not very good and that that doesn't provide the safe floor that all these guys in half point per receptions if it was just standard scoring which i don't know who the hell plays standard scoring yeah he'd be uh higher on my list but because it's half point and you're getting those that little reception bump and they get to get those yards out of that as well and he only had 18 receptions that's unnerving do they still have that one uh third down back that they've had the last couple of years um his name no Dion Lewis is gone yeah he's gone who's their do they have did they bring anybody in I'm, I'm they got have, Evans yes, they, they drafted, they drafted Evans. Darrington Evans okay all right in so third round got you all right and you know who knows maybe the catches go up because I know Dion Lewis was their pass catching back and so maybe you know Nate he's gonna have over 20 receptions this year shaking in my boots you like that all right real, all real right quick, now uh, Dal- dalvin went to fsu derrick henry went to alabama 
Yep. Dude, see, I love this. I love playing the college game, man. We, we got to make go. this a thing. I love it, man. It's um, So now we're going to move. What? I'm stumped on this next guy that you're bringing up. I can't think of what college you went to, though. Go ahead. I'm actually having a brain fart, too, on this one. Now, I know gen- who it is. Georgia. Gen- Did he? I think so. All right. Now, we're, now, tall boys and tall girls, this is where fantasy pros, Mr. James, the Boogeyman Borges, Nathan McAllister, and the handsome one are all going to be this. The next eight are going to be crazy, guys. So bear with me here. Fantasy pros has Joe Mixon as their number seven overall. Jimmy has him as his number 12. Nate has him as his number 10, and I have him as his number 8. James, you are the man on the – you got him lower than anybody else does. 7 to 12, why? What's he, wrong with Joe? I mean, he had a year where he led the AFC in rushing, and I can't think of it off the top of my head, but it wasn't even that many yards. I don't know. I, we talked about it. And go go listen to our episodes. Go listen to our breakdowns and our AFC North breakdown. He's the Amari Cooper of running backs. He's just so inconsistent. He's so hot. He's so cold. And I don't like my fantasy players to be like that. I don't want a guy that's going to go off one week and rush the ball five times for 18 yards and two receptions for 30 yards or whatever. He's just too inconsistent for me. I mean, he's had his chance year in and year out, and I know there's some other circumstances that are going down in Cincinnati. We know they got the big-time quarterback in the draft. They get the left tackle back that was injured all year last year, so hopefully he's going to be surrounded by some more talent. But I've been waiting for this guy year in and year out to grab the bull by the horns and be that running back number one, and I just don't feel like he's warranted to go number seven. That's why I'm fading him. There's just other guys in front of him that I trust their talent, a lot more to get the job done. Sorry, but not a Bengals fan. Yeah, I ain't I ain't fixing to go Joe Mixon, and I apologize. I my my fantasy pros deal was uh, I guess it messed up or something because I thought uh, I thought Nick Chubb was the next one, so that's when I thought. That's why I Georgia. thought you were saying Georgia. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought yeah, you were yeah. thinking so Nick Chubb I don't, too. Yeah. So uh, anyway, though, Joe Mixon, um, this cat. I mean, he's, he's good. Like if you look at his stats, you think, man, this is a guy I should be targeting in my team. He's young. He's on a young offense. Uh, he, he ran the ball 278 times last year and had 35 receptions, 45 targets. Like these are things that you're looking for in a prototypical running back one. And will he finish that way? Probably. But as James said, he's going to be so volatile that at the end of the year, his stats all look good. They're all put together in a nice little package. And you're like, man, this guy was really solid. But if you just look back at like the game script, I mean, his his points per game fluctuated so much that that's, that's not a roller coaster I want to be on for my for my running start, back one. You, so, start, you start doubting yourself. Like, should I start this guy? Should I not start this guy? And then you draft him that high. You draft somebody that high, they should be in every single week, no doubt. And I don't like drafting players and having to worry like, man, this guy has screwed me three weeks in a row and you end up pulling him out and then he has a big game. And then you're like, damn, should have left him in. I'm just going to let, I'm not going to let Joe screw me. Yeah. I'm giving him one last year in my, in my top 10 and being as high as he is. Like I said, I got him in that eighth hole, but I just trust him more than Nate's dog. We'll talk about him later. Mr. Miles Sanders. And so that is the reason I have him up there. And I, I would rather ride that inconsistent train then be worried every week about what Miles Sanders is truly going to bring me. And guess what? I might get burned on that, and that's okay. And uh, 
we, uh, we, we I mean, we he did. finished, he finished running back number 13. He was behind Chris Carson, Mark Ingram. Yeah. Leonard Fournette. Old this guy Manny. should not be number seven. Sorry. All right. Nate, you got anything else about this man, dude? He went to um, Oklahoma. Yeah. He I went remember. to Oklahoma. Oklahoma. That's where he went. That's where I was going. All right, guys. Now we're going to move on to Mr. Georgia himself, Nicholas Chubby. Um, little Chubb. Little, little Chubb. Jimmy has him exactly where um, they have him in the uh, eighth spot. Copy and paste um, Borges. <laughs> Should have faded him even harder. I don't even oh, like him that much. I don't know why I put him number man. eight. Uh, I have him in that seventh hole, and I think Nate has him way up there, don't you, Nate? Where you at, dog? Where, where do you got five him spot. at? Got, got him in spot. the fifth. Nate, three <laughs> spots about three spots ahead of everybody else. Why? I think he is a he's a better he's the best pure runner on this list. I think as, as just a running back, he's the most electrifying running back on this list, and that includes King Henry. King Henry's a beast, but. Nick Chubb has some shake to him. He has some wiggle and a, little wiggle. a lot of people really, really fade him because of Kareem Hunt. And I, I realized that when Kareem Hunt came back, Nick Chubb did not get the same production that he did when he was there. But Nick Chubb has been uh, like back to back threatening for the rushing title. Like he is a very good running back. They're going to, they got the Stefanski offense there. They've up upgraded the offensive line. I, we were talking about on the NFC North uh, one where Jimmy was like, he named off all these great things, and then he faded Nick Chubb. And I'm like, no, all of those good things are going to be play to his to his benefit. I I think that they're going to get Kareem Hunt involved because they have to. He's talented, but at the end of the day, Nick Nick Chubb is the bell cow. He's the future. Kareem Hunt is is going to be gone after this year, and they're going to be riding Nick Chubb uh, for years to come. So I think they are going to continue to hand him the ball, give him the rock, and he's going to get all those carries. And he also gets, I mean, he doesn't get a ton of receiving work, but he he gets double the receiving work that Derrick Henry got. So I'll take that too. All day, James, Nicholas Chubb. Screw That's you, it. Nicholas Chubb. Screw the Browns. Um, <laughs> uh, Kareem Hunt. Is what scares me, and I know Nate's not as scared as him, but I I read somewhere that Cream Hunt outscored him like the last three weeks. That was in PPR year. formats. That was only in PPR formats. Which that's what we're talking about here. Uh, half point, half point PPR. No, um, this is full point. Full point was the only oh, one he outscored him in. Oh my bad, my bad, my bad. But anyways, I don't know. I just don't like the situation with Cream Hunt being there for whatever reason. I just don't like it. I understand, and I don't like the Browns. I mean, I added it all up on that episode. And everything pointed to why he should have a successful season. I just, he has a concussion. I mean, I know he could come back from that easily, but I don't know, man. There's just something in my gut that says, uh, don't draft him. And that's why I don't draft him. You got to follow your gut, people. Follow your gut. We've already been over this. James' gut is usually right. Um, here pretty soon, his gut's going to tell him to go somewhere else. But... That's enough about Nicholas Chubb. Actually, you know what? Nicholas Chubb, I don't like his mask. You ever has never noticed his face mask when he plays? Pisses me off. Next time, when you watch him this year, look at his face mask. It doesn't look like a running back's face mask. It just makes me mad. You'll watch. You'll you'll agree with me. Moving on to this guy. I'm fading the hell out of this guy. Maybe it's because I hate the Raiders. No, I'm just kidding. I just don't believe in him. Mr. Josh Jacobs. Um... Ooh, Jimmy don't like him either. He's in the 13th spot. I know Nate loves him. He has a man crush. He has him actually in the sixth spot. 
I got him in the 12th spot. Nate, why do you love this guy so, so much? What is he doing for you? Uh, I like what the Raiders are doing, and this kind of hurts me to say because I'm not a Raiders fan, but I love what the Raiders are doing over there. They're building – John Gruden is slowly building a very good squad, and this guy, Josh Jacobs, is right – he's the centerpiece of it. He is the guy that they want to build around. It's not – obviously not Carr. Um, it's it's Josh huh. Jacobs. This is the piece. In 13 games, he had 242 attempts for 1,150 yards as a rookie, seven touchdowns. That's solid. He, he had 20 receptions um, out of 27 targets. So that that's the part where I think that he's going to take a huge step forward. I'm going to buy into the narrative. They got rid of their receiving back this year. I know they they added the rookie who could kind of be a, you know an all all purpose type deal who could maybe steal some of those those receptions from him and, and people are projecting that him to come in and take that third down role. But no, I think, I think this guy's going to be a three down back. And those are the type of guys you want to take high in the first round. The guys that you're going to put all your marbles in and say, this is the guy that I want to start. There's not going to be a week where I don't want to start him. Like, and he's also in a pretty, a pretty soft division defensively. Like you're not really scared of any of these defensive fronts that he's going to have to face. Um, maybe maybe the Broncos, I guess, might have a, a decent run defense. But other than that, like it's it's mostly guys who get after the passer. So yeah. I, I like it. And he's gonna he's gonna not get faded out of these uh, game scripts. He's gonna be on the field a lot. I think they're gonna utilize him as a three down back, and that's what I want out of my out of my first round back. Uh, two hundred forty two carries in thirteen games. Like he was he was gonna be pushing. 270, 275 carries this year. That's going to be really good. And then also add on probably like 45 receptions. I'll be very happy with that production. All right, James, you got him the lowest out of all of us in that 13 spot. Why, baby? What's up? Mm, I think it's just more of the people that I put in front of him. I mean, when you listen to Nate talk about it like that, it makes it more convincing. I feel great about taking him in the second round, and that's where you're going to find him in most drafts. I don't have a problem taking him whatsoever. I just think I feel a little bit more comfortable taking some of the people in front of them, and that's the only reason that I have them. I, there's there's not really a reason to fade him that hard. It's just if I see him for another year and he he pulls off the same stunt, I think he finished you know in the twenties as far as uh, running backs. He finished running back twenty one. If he plays those three more games, it bumps him somewhere up there in the fifteen range, maybe closer to the ten. So we'll see what he can do this year. I just I feel comfortable taking him right there where I have him. So he uh, he's um, like, where do you feel if you were drafting and he popped up and ever and those Devonte Adams, those kind of guys are sitting there. Do you, I know you're oh, running. I'm, I'm taking him. I'm taking him over Devonte Adams. I'm you're, you're taking take, him. Okay. Uh, the, so the you, only wide receiver I'm taking over him is probably Michael Michael, Michael Thomas. Thomas. There's okay. there's not another. I'm happy taking him as my running back number two. You know my draft strategy. It's running no, back, running I do. back, running I do. back. And, oh, for sure. And I love your draft strategy, but that's running what I was saying. Running back number two, I am elated to have Josh Jacobs. Oh, Give me Josh sure. Jacobs all day long, baby. Yeah, if, I can, if I'm can, if i in that 10th spot or 8th spot, depending on my drafts, and I can get like Josh Jacobs and turn around and get another guy like that or Josh Jacobs in my number two, I'm loving every second of that. Nate, are you taking any wide receivers between Michael Thomas over Josh Jacobs? No? No, there's not there's not a wide receiver that I take over him. Uh and it again it comes back to draft strategy. I've I've fiddled with the wide receiver in the first round uh quite a bit and tried to mess with it and see if I could turn out a team that I was really happy with and I haven't yet. So I have to I have to go after a back that I think is going to be the Bell Cow back and usually he's one of the the last ones in that first round that you're yep. able to take 
it's a bill cap. I mean, it's like a mix between him, Joe Mixon, Kenyon Drake, like that kind of situation. Sometimes Derrick Henry falls that late, but uh, he's one of the last guys who's going to be the true 270 carry type guy. And uh, again, that's what I, I really feel comfortable with walking away with a draft with him in that fr- in that first spot. So or a guy like that. All right. Like I said, Josh Jacobs, man, he is a cat that can win, you know, can win you a lot of games. I don't know if he is a championship running back that's going to win you a fantasy football championship, but if you're going to draft him, make sure you get a few more running backs to make sure that's just my opinion. Moving on to a gentleman that we kind of disagree or with uh, fantasy pros. They have Mr. Kenyon Drake in that 10 spot. Nate, I mean, Jimmy does not even have him in his top 15. Nate has him at that 15 spot. I don't have him in my top 15. Nate, why do you, are you the only one that has him in that 15 spot? Yeah, I mean, it, I, I could have really totally faded him and there were, it was, it was tough with the, the like two guys that I have behind him, Todd Gurley, Austin Eckler. I could make a very good argument that those guys are going to finish higher than him. And I mean, I, I probably, I actually draft those guys higher than him probably if, if it comes down to me, but I can see the upside. That's, that's the big thing that got him just inside of that top 15 is just the fact that if I'm wrong about what I, what I think about him, because he had a very small sample size in um, his current situation in Arizona in that Kingsbury offense, we go back to all of his all his larger sample size over in Miami. He he wasn't that productive. He wasn't a very good running back. And we saw that anyone that they put into that Kingsbury offense is going to be pretty productive. Even old David Johnson did well. Chase Edmonds in those two games or whatever he had right there before he got hurt, he blew up. So I think it's more of a product of the situation rather than the talent of the running back. And so if he legit gets that job all year long and I'm kind of wrong about the situation, He's gonna, he's gonna, he'll finish higher than this top yeah, 15. Yeah, he'll blow probably. up. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but if he doesn't, then you just blew your first round pick because you either have to first or second round pick. You kind of blew it on him, and I, I'm not willing to take that risk. The guy who does take the risk, and if he does play all those all those games, 16 games in that position, they're gonna get a very good running back who's probably gonna finish inside the top 10. But I'm gonna let somebody else take that risk. I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna take two two running backs that I'm more confident in, and uh, and keep moving forward. So quick question for both of you guys before we hear Jamie, um, how much risk do you guys like taking in those first two rounds? Are you, um, me, I know myself, I like to keep it safe and sometimes that maybe doesn't play out some, always to my benefit, but you know, I've heard you guys both talk about a lot about, you know, taking that gamble, taking that in those, a lot of people want to take that in those first rounds. What does that benefit? Why don't you, do you guys like to do it? I think that benefits more to the guy who, um, Maybe doesn't feel as confident about the the later rounds, you know, taking your gambles then because that's when I like to take more risks for those take shots at upside guys. If you're taking shots in those first two rounds, they're just so pivotal. You're spending so much draft capital on a guy that you expect to produce, um, and you're trying to get a guy in the third, the fourth, the fifth who just jumps up. Like last year, you're able to get Aaron Jones in the third or fourth round, and he he finishes the RV two. Like that's the situation you're trying to look for. You're not trying. You're trying to get a guy like I mentioned earlier. If you're drafting him in the first round, you're trying to get a guy who's going to be guaranteed giving you that first round production. Maybe not. Maybe not giving you the production where you drafted him at. Like he doesn't have to. If you draft him as the, as the first overall, he doesn't have to be the first overall running back. He just has to give you first round production. 
you know? And so you take the risk a little bit later um, is my, is my draft strategy. Uh, me too. Jimmy, Kenyon Drake draft strategy. What do you got? Don't take them. I don't take them at all. I, I, I'm with Nate. I'm with Nate. Unfortunately, I've been burnt both ways. I've been burnt. I've been burnt both ways. I've been, you know, last year in one of the leagues, I took Devonte Adams and then I took Joe Mixon in the second round and they burnt me. So in some situations, you're going to get burnt either way, whether you play it safe or not. But I'm still going to lean towards that way because it's kind of always worked for me. Like Nate said, I took Chris Godwin in the fourth round last year. He was he was top 10, you know, I think he was top five fantasy wide receiver. That's where you want to take your shots. If if you don't mess up on your first three picks, you have a very good chance of having a very good team. If you screw up one of your first three picks, like you take this guy very high and he gets cold and they throw Chase Edmonds in and then Chase Edmonds gets hot and they just ride the hot hand. I mean, they have absolutely no ties to him. He's playing on a one-year restricted restricted free agent deal. They have there's they have no type of marriage to this guy. So I'm just it's not for me. There's too much That's risk such a involved good point. To, to take to take him this high. Like I don't know. Just for me, like I, I'm gonna go with the safe play. And I know some people are gonna be like, oh well, you're you know you're playing to win. Well, yeah, I'm I'm I don't know. I'm just gonna play those first three rounds safe, and then after that. I'm going to go buck wild. Fourth round is usually when I start taking my shots, unless there's somebody really safe there. But at some point, there is a risk reward. I'm just not doing it within the first or second round. So when do you take, let's say, what is that last minute where you're taking Kenyon Drake? That You're like, okay, I'll take him. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen in any draft, unfortunately. Top of the third. I mean, if you get him in the top of the third, you got to, or anywhere in the third for that matter. But I mean, if you can get him and you were able to lock up, let's just say a situation comes like this where, you know, you went CMC, uh, you were able to lock up uh, another uh, type of back. I don't know. Miles Sanders. Yeah, Miles Sanders. And then you go lock up Kenyon Drake as a third. The only- like one, two, three right there. That. That's really, really good. I know a situation probably doesn't happen. Like he gets taken before that and you don't get that opportunity. But if that opportunity arises, don't tell me you wouldn't feel pretty happy about those three running backs in that situation. Do you feel happier with that or do you feel happy switching them out with Leonard Fournette? Yeah, I mean, I like Leonard Fournette a little bit better personally, but that's because of the of the unknown there. But we're like when we're saying about talking about risk, I think the third round's when you can actually start taking a risk. So if you're going to just swing for upside there, I, I could see Kenyon Drake's upside is way, way higher than Leonard Fournette's upside, in my opinion. Like he Yeah, for ha- sure. He does. And so if you're gonna swing there, you might I mean you could swing hard. Um if you I I mean maybe it's a bad example to throw Miles Sanders in there because he's also one that has kind of an unknown there. And um you're taking two running backs who are just swinging upside. But if you had maybe a little bit safer uh floor or safer guy there, then yeah, I, I could see that happening. So I'd be I'd be happy taking him in the third round. It's never going to happen. I'm never going to get that opportunity, but that's where I'd be happy taking. Him. If he had a full year worth of production, then I'd feel different. But I mean, it was like half the season. It might have even been that. It might have been like five games. I didn't even look at it. Man, fellas, I'm going to tell you right now. Any tall boy or tall girl out there listening to this episode that is thinking about Kenyon Drake, that was a bomb breakdown of Kenyon Drake and some draft strategy. Great job, you two. Now let's move on to a guy that most people I don't think was going to – I don't think most people thought was going to be there. I think a lot of people were kind of high on him when they drafted him, but I don't think they thought he was going to be number 11, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire from the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Me and Jimmy both have him in that 11 spot. 
and Nate has him in the 13 spot. I gave him that 11 spot just because of Mr. Williams going out. You know what I mean? And that's and I believe that he is going to catch the ball to the backfield. He is going to be a dynamic running back there. And I don't know. What do you guys think, man? Jimmy, Mr. Edward Solaire, you have him in the 11 spot. How you feeling? I like him there just because uh, there's no competition behind him. Yeah, he's drafted in the first round. Reminds me of the Kareem Hunt situation. We talked about Andy Reid giving plus five to all of his running backs. I just think he's in the right offense. Um, they have such a potent passing game that, I mean, they, they took an undrafted free agent last year, um, Williams, and he ran wild all the way to the Super Bowl. You know, I think uh, this guy has more talent in that same offense. He knows how to catch the ball. He can do everything. I think he is a safe bet if you're taking him as your running back number 11. I love CHE. Yeah, I I agree. And uh, I'm, I'm probably not going to have many shares of him. It's just, and it doesn't add up. Like, I see that Patrick Mahomes, was he wanted him. Like, he called for CH. Then the situation comes where Williams opts out. That makes a perfect situation. We, we know what Andy Reid does to running backs and how dynamic an Andy Reid running back can be and how explosive. And I'm still fading him in it. And it's going to be one of these situations. It's going to be one of them like, how the hell didn't I see it? <laughs> I just, I just, I, I can, I can already envision it. Like I can already envision me going out next year and saying, damn, how did I even fade Clyde Edwards hair to the, to the uh, 13 spot? And uh, every time I, I just kept, putting another guy ahead of him, putting another guy ahead of him until I finally felt comfortable where he was. And he, he could, he could be the guy who gives you that super safe floor of getting the receptions and the rushing volume in that team. I, I just am a, I'm a little bit concerned with uh, the amount of touches you're going to have. They're going to be quality touches though. On the other hand, see, I keep arguing with myself. Like he's <laughs> not going to get the, he's not going to get the touches, but they're going to be such the, the, the touches he does get are going to be so quality. Like they're going to be in the red zone or they're going to be, um, you know, these, this high passing volume. So he's, he's going to have all the opportunity, I guess, again, for me, it's just the fear of the unknown and me saying, you know what? I, I just, I haven't seen him on an NFL field yet. And I haven't seen him play with NFL players and I'm, I'm just not going to take that risk where you have to take him. Yeah. He's definitely getting taken pretty early. And I liked him before when, uh, before Williams went out, because I thought he was definitely that guy that you were like, dude, I'm going to steal this guy in the third round or fourth round. But now it's like, he is going a lot higher than, uh, maybe you'd want to take him. And you're kind of hoping maybe in some of the drafts you're playing with some guys that are going to fade him or maybe don't know about him. Right. And maybe you can pick him up a little bit later and that's where you we're, can we're get him. We're talking about a p- potential Zeke here. We're talking about probably the top eff- offense in the league. He's stepping in with the mastermind. Uh, there's nothing to be afraid of right here. Draft CHE. How early C-H. you taking him? How many, how early you taking him, bro? I, I'm taking him at the end of the first round. I'm 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 gonna take him. I'm I'll be okay, comfortable taking him after CMC, Saquon, Zeke. I'm not taking Alvin. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm not taking Dalvin. Alvin. I'll take him before Derek. Uh, Derek Henryish. I like him better than Nick Chubb. I feel more comfortable in taking him than Nick Chubb. All right, That's man. That's how I feel. Dude, I'm telling you, Jimmy loves him from Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I'm, uh, I don't know, man. He uh. He could be a banger. This can be a fantasy football winner for whoever takes him. And uh, so I'd real, like real, that. Will Crick, Craigie. Josh Jacobs yep. went to Alabama. 
C C E H went to LSU. Where in the hell yep. did Kenyon Drake go? Oh shit. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Where did little Kenyon Drake go? I'm gonna look See, it up real quick. Look it up. You, you can't be just going with that. And then uh I he know. went to Alabama too. Kenyon Drake? Yeah. Really? Uh, hell, that's Dude, what it says. That's R- that's RBU over there, bro. <laughs> Dude. I thought Georgia was. What's going on? Dude, get out of here with that. Like He was a career backup to TJ Yeldon and Derrick Henry. Kenyon Drake damn. was. Damn. Rat bastard. And wasn't Mark Ingram there, though, too? Yeah, Mark That's, Ingram was before all of them. Dude, that is ridiculous, man. All right, now we're going to move on to the man. He's over there in Green Bay. Touchdown machine. I a- think A-Ron. A-A-Ron. I think his uh, touchdowns up, are... Definitely going to go down this year, but Mr. Aaron Jones, um, old James, the boogeyman has him in the ninth spot. Nate has him in the 12th spot. I actually have him dropping down to the 14th spot for the exact reason I told you guys when we were talking about the NFC North that I believe Aaron, Mr. Rogers is actually going to have a bounce back year and he's not going to get as many touchdowns as he did last year. So that's my. That's why I'm fading a little bit on Aaron Jones. I'd take him if the price, if things fell to me right. But Mr. Nate, Mr. Aaron Jones, what do you think about this cat? Oh, first of all, I love him. I love him. I had him in so many leagues last year. He did so well for me. Just produced like an absolute monster. Scored touchdowns like a phenom. Here's the problem with Aaron Jones. It has nothing to do with Aaron Jones. It's that total offense over there and the craziness that they have in this Green Bay Packer organization where they don't go get Aaron Rodgers any more weapons, where they go draft a running back where they obviously have a guy who is a beast, where they run Jamal Williams out onto the field when Aaron Jones is obviously the more dynamic running back. Like if if I absolutely knew Aaron Jones had this job and he was going to get the bulk of the touches, then I would feel completely, completely comfortable drafting him over Alvin Kamara. And that's uh, he because he can do basically what Alvin Kamara could do, except he's going to be more effective and we know he's going to get the he's going to get those touches near the red zone. Like he's a dynamic player. He, he I mean, you don't just score. What did he score? Uh was it 26 touchdowns? What did, did he have? I'll look it up touchdowns? right now. Keep going. I think it was 26 touchdowns. Like the dude balled out. He is so electric and you said it's electric. It makes me feel like we're done. I got you. I I got you. You got me. I got you. He caught. He had 19 touchdowns total. 19. Oh, I'm sorry. I was. I was way off. That's still. No. That's amazing. Balling. Like he finishes the RB two, and we're fading him. We're fading him all the way back here. And my only reason is because I am unsure what the usage will be for Aaron Jones and that offense. So. If again, if I knew he was going to get the bulk of the carries, if I even knew that he was just facing um, Williams this year, then I would be drafting him a lot higher. But now that they brought in another running back, and did you see that kid's legs? He's wow, talking he's about leg. I mean, yeah, he's dude, yeah. Hey, bro, you you sniped him from me in our draft just a minute ago, Jimmy. That was a good pick, AJ Dillon. Yeah, I mean, he's a monster, and Boston College. He's gonna he's gonna be involved. He's definitely gonna be involved. You don't spend that spend that type of draft capital to not get him involved now. My my inkling is that he was probably more of a replacement to Williams, and he's probably going to touch into his shares. But he's also going to get into Aaron Williams. I mean, Aaron Jones shares as well. And it's not going to be the Aaron Jones show if Williams gets knocked out. It's going to be the Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon show. And I just don't like that situation. If I can get him in the third round, hell yeah, I'm taking that kid all day long. But 
um, in the second round where you probably have to take him, like the back end of the second round, uh, I'm just not a buyer. This is where me and Nate differ a little bit. I think it's going to be more personally. I'm just guessing. I, I agree with Nate. I like taking him in the third round all day long, and that's where I feel comfortable taking him. I, I feel like it's going to be more of a DeMarco Murray situation. They're going to have no choice. They don't go out and get any other wide receivers. And uh, he, he's talented. They're going to run the ball down the throat, and they're going to get the ball in his hands. He's just too electric not to have the ball in his hands, and that's why I have him rated where I have him rated. I have him running back number nine. I don't know. I just saw too much of that talent. It's going to be one of those situations where if they're losing, I mean, if they're winning and they take them off the field, that's one thing. But if if they're in tight games or they're losing, there's like there's going to be no way in hell they could take them off of the field. And if they do, I hope I hope the fans in Green Bay riot. That's the problem is they did it last year. Like I I was so involved in Aaron Jones games because I had him in so many squads and he was like such a dynamic piece on my squads that I was so involved in them and they would, they would just take this dude off the field so often and bring in Williams who just, he was okay. He's just okay though. He's, he brings nothing that Aaron, Aaron Jones does. But I mean, the cool thing, he had 68 targets last year, 49 receptions. Like this cat, he's good. He just crossed a thousand, like 1084, 236 carries. Like that's a very good season. It's like borderline featured three down backs uh, uh, territory. So like really good production from a, from a very good talented running back. Dude. All right, boys. I think there's a lot of good points about taking this cat. That's that's the crazy thing is we all kind of fading him, but all I hear is positive. You know what I mean? The dude's I'm not fading him. You know what I mean? I know you're not fading him, but like uh, maybe not as much. But well, I mean, he's fading him because I mean he was the he was the RB two. We put even even Jimmy yeah. at his highest is nine. You know? Yeah, top that's true. ten. <laughs> top ten. That's it. I like that. Hey, all right, boys. Now we're gonna move on to Nate's other man crush, Mister Miles Sanders from the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, actually, hey, 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 where did Aaron Jones go to college, gentlemen? I looked it up because there's no way in hell no one's even going to know this. The University of El- of Texas, El Paso. UTEP, baby. UTEP. UTEP. All right, so now we're moving on to Nate's man crush, Mr. Miles Sanders. Um, uh, Jimmy has him in that 10th hole. Nate in the 9th hole. And me, I also have him in that 9th hole, and I didn't like to do it. But Nate is talking me into it of keeping him in the top 10. But I can see it maybe even changing for myself before the final draft day. <sighs> Miles Sanders, he bugs me. I don't know why. But Nate, why do you love this guy so much? Come on, man. I love him because once once Jordan Howard was finally just completely out of the picture and they started giving the football to Miles Sanders, you saw how talented he was. Um, from weeks 13 on, he was an absolute beast. He had uh, 17 carries in week 13, 15 carries in week 14, 19 carries in week 15, and 20 carries in week 16. Uh, you couple that with he was averaging over five uh, receptions per game. Uh, that's elite production. That's the type of production. That's a guy who's going to be, you're not going to find, and, and I know a lot of people say this, like, oh, I want a guy who's going to carry the ball 20 times. There's honestly not a lot of dudes who carry the ball 20 times we just said that derrick henry had 303 carries if he was if this cat was going to get it 20 times he would have had 320 carries so he's not even t- he's not even carrying the ball 20 times but this guy is getting 20 touch potential if you if you factor in his 
his uh, rushing floor or the rushing attempts that he's going to get and his receptions. He's touching the ball 20 times at like a bare minimum. They didn't bring anyone in. That was the big thing where everyone, like I was on this guy early and a lot of people are saying, oh, free agency, they're going to bring in uh, Devonta Freeman or they're going to bring in uh, maybe uh, what's his face? Shady McCoy is going to make another resurgence and come back to the team and end his career as an Eagle. Like somebody's going to come in. They just don't, Get, they don't buy into that running back and being and and having a running back one who's going to get all the touches. But they didn't bring anybody in, and that shows me. I mean, please tell me Boston Scott is truly going to have you fade this guy. Like, there's no way in hell Boston Scott is a more dynamic running back than Miles Sanders. They believe in him. I believe in him. Miles Sanders is going to have an absolute banger year this year so just go get him wherever you can get him go get miles Sanders. he should be your rb2 on pretty much every squad you have damn every squad he is my rb2 on my team i love miles sanders for everything that nate just said there's absolutely no competition whatsoever in philly all right uh he finished running back number 15 all right with with everything that he said with jordan howard cock blocking him the first first part of the year <laughs> this dude's gonna get the ball every single game um once again i'm not crazy about the 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 wide receiver talent i think he's gonna catch a lot of balls i think he caught 50 balls last year let's see yeah he caught 50 balls 509 yards half point ppr that is a very safe floor i think this guy has a easily leaps into the top 10 and that's why i'm i'm high on miles sanders and i'm an eagles hater so let's go miles sanders he also, he also gets to play that soft NFC East all year. No, they're, they're so soft. <laughs> so I don't soft, know that dude. the the Washington uh, team uh, defensive line is looking pretty stacked. <laughs> oh my lord! Moving on from Mister Miles, I'm gonna finish out of the top fifteen. Sanders over to a cat named Austin Eckler. Oh, who did? Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders went to Penn State. Now we're moving on to Austin Eckler. They went to a Division Six school. Um, <laughs> um, Nate has him in the 17 hole. Me and Jimmy have him nowhere in sight because um, we only went to 15 because Nate is an overachiever. And so, Nate, why is this guy on their list of 14 and you can't even see him on any of ours? Gosh, man, this is... It's been increasingly hard for me to keep this dude off of like my top list. And and it's not, it's just because of all, I I listen to a lot of podcasts. I read a lot of articles. I check things out and everyone loves him. Everyone just thinks he's a darling. Like he finished, I think as RB five or something last year, like absolute monster year while splitting carries with the new Bronco Melvin Gordon. Like, so you think Melvin Gordon's out of town. Now it's Austin Eckler's show. Well, I think another guy left town too. It's Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers targeted the running back. He's targeted the running back his entire career over there in San Diego, and he's now gone. Now you bring in Tyrod Taylor, who I think is probably going to start off the year, at least play, I don't know, six to eight games before they say that he's trash and Justin Herbert comes in and takes his job. And with knowing that, Rushing quarterbacks generally don't throw to the running back as often, and I don't think that that's a scheme. I don't think uh, Lynn is is scheming to toss the ball to Austin Eckler. They're going to put situations where he's going to get out there and be able to catch the ball, but I just think he's an Alvin Kamara light. He's on a worse offense, and he's not going to get the the super valuable touches that Kamara gets. Um, 
he's going to have he's going to have touches they're just not going to be in those type of situations i they're going to they're just going to factor in those other running backs as well they got Joshua Kelly a lot of people are really high on him and then the uh, Justin Jackson is also a guy that's going to be factored in there too it, there's just too many factors that are in there that i think play against miles or Austin Eckler don't get me wrong the dude had a monster season last year. He posted some Instagram photos. He's jacked doing his workouts. Like he looks like he'd be an absolute monster. And it's really hard to fade because a lot of people are on him and it's in your ear. But I'm st- I'm staying tough. I'm I'm gonna fade him. I'm I think he's he's gonna have a down year. He's not gonna get the production that he had last year. I think it was an outlier. I agree. I agree. He was too efficient. He had 108 targets. He had 92 receptions. That's like Absolutely insane. There's no way he gets back to 92 receptions. Last year was such an outlier. He doesn't do enough on the ground. He only had 132 rushes for 557 yards. The I don't know. He also he also received eight touchdowns. I don't know. I just I think I like Nate said. I think the offense takes a huge step back when you have homeboy as your quarterback. And uh, I don't know. I'm just I'm not seeing it. He's too much of a risk for me when you can have another pure runner, he's going before Miles Sanders, I think in most drafts that I see. And, and for me, like you can take Austin Eckler, you could take Kenyon Drake, give me Miles Sanders. I know what offense he's going to be. Um, and I know what type of production he's going to get. I just, I don't feel safe with these guys. I think these guys are more of a question mark than they are a known com- commodity quit living in last year and welcome to reality. It's not going to happen again. Yeah, I am not on this Austin Eckler train. I'm looking here at the ADPs, and honestly, he's at the 14th, and we're about to talk about this man here in just a second, Mr. Todd Gurley at the 15th. I'm taking Todd over here. I'm taking Melvin Gordon over him, Leonard Fournette, James Conner. Hell, Jonathan Taylor, and you guys know I hate rookies. You know what I mean? And so I'm just telling you right now, I'm not – it is – with 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 Mr. Shit Talker, Philip Rivers gone, it is not the same team like you gentlemen said. I don't want nothing to do with this guy. And he's a beast. I, I like him. He's probably a cool guy. He does that little guitar hero dance when he scores a touchdown or something. You know what I mean? But and he went like, to Western Colorado University. Like who dude, goes to Western Colorado? Western Colorado. All right. <laughs> I just don't want nothing to do with him. But moving on to Mr. Todd Gurley in the that 15th hole it's crazy that he I guess stayed in the 15th hole because I think a lot of people with the injuries and you know trading I don't think people were gonna I'm still on I'm still beyond high on Todd Gurley you guys see what I just did in our draft I believe in this cat I believe in the Atlanta Falcons offense as a fantasy football um juggernaut uh, juggernaut might not be the right word but I love the Atlanta Falcons in fantasy football let's see here uh, I, I'm looking down the list. It doesn't look like Jimmy has him anywhere, so he's wrong. Hell no. Um, Nate has him in the 16th hole. I have him in the 15th hole, but I want him to be a lot higher, and I believe he's going to be a lot higher by the end. But I'm going off of what I believe what he sh- he's probably should be drafted now. Nate, Jimmy, gentlemen, why are you guys mad on my boy right now, dude? Todd Gurley's yeah. the G. Todd Gurley, no, I like him. I think that you draft him at value though. Like you're able to get him in the third round, just wait and take him in the third round. Like he usually is falling that way and he's a very good RB three. Like if I'm stacking Todd Gurley there, I'm good. And it's a mostly a volume play. Like you said, I love the Atlanta Falcons offense and I don't see a running back. Like what is there? Ito Smith over there. Like there's no one 
who's really competing for his job. The only real thing, if, if Todd Gurley had good knees, no one would be even having this conversation. So the only thing is last year and his uh, and the Super Bowl where his where his knees were giving him issues. But even last year, he finished as a really productive running back. He was able to score touchdowns. He's just he's just that type of guy. He's going to last. He's going to keep running the football. And uh, could he be could he be having like a Stephen Jackson type career arc? Didn't they didn't they play on the same teams? Did am I wrong or did Stephen Jackson end his career as a Falcon? No, he he ended his career with the Patriots, but he did go to the Falcons for a while. Yeah, yeah. So could could this be a Stephen Jackson type of career arc? Like, I I, I could see I could see some if situation he like football, that. Like, where he does that little football dance where he goes yeah. boom and then lifts up his hand like that. Then yeah, yeah I see it. Yeah, so I, I I like him. I like him. I think he's a solid running back, and I'm very comfortable putting him at my RB sixteen um, with upside to jump up a couple spots and finish the year. I would not be surprised if he finished inside the top twelve and and won a lot of people fantasy championships. This is the type of guy you're getting in the third round who's has very little risk but has a pretty decent reward in that type of offense. So I'm happy taking Todd Gurley there. Barber, it's been such a long time since I've gotten a haircut in this COVID situation, but can you please give me a fade? Give me a fade because it goes back to, I don't know, just watching football and watching him play. I think people are still drafting him on namesake. Last year he did have a decent season, but there's other people like, I'm more excited to take a Jonathan Taylor, and I know he's unproven. We haven't seen what he did. I think uh, Todd Gurley still scored like 14 touchdowns last year. That knee just scares the hell out of me, and it pains me to say it because Todd Gurley has been one of my favorite running backs to come out of college in a long, long time. I wanted the Cowboys to get him so bad, and it it pains me that his knee's bothering him. Arguably the best running back when he's healthy, and there's no one even close. I mean, he just there's no one who could run the ball on his level and catch the ball and take it to the house like on his level. He's a touchdown, absolutely machine. I understand why you guys are taking him in the third round. And like Nate said, he feels comfortable swinging in the third round. I don't feel that comfortable swinging on him. I'd rather take someone like a Leonard Fournette where I know he's going to be healthy. I don't have to worry about his knees. I don't know. That's the only thing that scares me is I wish his knee was healthy. Damn you, TG3. <laughs> I don't know, boys. I, I'm i calling – again, I don't have him in my top ten right now. And it, like I said, I'm – um, when I put this together, I was going off of where I believe that these guys should be drafted right now. Um, but I do believe, you know, that he he could sneak into that top 10 and I would not be surprised. And when you guys can look back at this episode and you guys can say, Craig was right. Gentlemen, though, we're going to talk about a couple guys. That is our top 15, but we're going to talk about a couple guys that did not make it onto um, uh, Fantasy Pro's top 15. But some of us have them on here. Um, Nate. Uh, me and you and Jimmy all have Leonard Fournette on that top 15, and they don't. Why do you have him on there, and why is everybody else fading him? That looks like they have him as their 18th guy. Yeah, I got him at 11. Uh, I think a lot of people are fading Leonard Fournette just because of the offseason. I think that when they tried to trade him and all those talks came in, they said, "Oh, well, Leonard Fournette's out. You know, like he's out the window. They're gonna, they're gonna bring in. A, they brought in a whole new regime. They're gonna run. They're gonna run that offense a little bit differently." And they started fading Leonard Fournette pretty easily. And I am not in that narrative. They don't have very much talent. They got DJ Chark out there, the running the mustache, who 
he's a he's a funny, clever little guy who runs the football and could be a fantasy relevant guy, but he's not a guy who's going to go out and win you games. He's not going to throw the ball 40 times and be that successful. You, you, they're going to have to lean on somebody and they're going to lean on Leonard Fournette. Uh, some people are scared of Chris Thompson bringing him in because the new offense, uh, I believe it's the uh, uh, Gruden offense, right? That the, They got that as their, as their new hook coach is uh, the Gruden one. Um, he likes to throw the football and he brought over his his uh, passing pass catching running back, but that cat hasn't even finished a season in like four years. So I'm not, I'm not concerned about a 29 year old scat back. I think Leonard Fournette is still going to get the receptions. It's probably going to take a little bit of a dip, but it's not going to take a huge dip. He's still probably a three down back and you're able to get him in the third round. Like Jimmy was saying, and he only had, I think three touchdowns last year on the ground. That has to come up. He's their goal line back unquestioned. He's going to get the ball around the goal line and in the five, in the five yard line, that area, he's going to score those goal line uh, touchdowns, and he's he has to come up. There's positive regression has to happen. Leonard Fournette has to have a better season, and I think that that is a safe like pick eleven. I'm I'm happy with him at eleven. I think he he's a very uh, safe pick to get in the third round. James, you got anything about Lenny? He finished running back number seven <laughs> last year. Like Nate said, they're devoid of talent. They're you know they they. He is the leader on offense. I do not believe in Gardner Minshew. The dude's going to sling the hell out of the ball, but they're going to be their ass whooped all over that division. I mean, the touchdown, you know, the only the three touchdowns. I mean, if he scores 10 touchdowns or he scores eight touchdowns, he moves up to like the top five running backs last year. I'm just a big believer in Leonard. I think he has too much pride to just sit back and let the season go by. He has something to prove. He's going to be a free agent after this season. The only thing that scares me is if he gets a little bit injured, he he held, he holds himself out to to get healthy going into free agency. But besides that, like I have no reservations whatsoever getting this guy in the third round, and he finished running back number seven last year. This guy had 76 receptions. Come on. Go get Leonard Fournette. Don't fade this, homeboy. Dude, it's because you and him have the same haircut. That's why you like him so much. Hell yeah. Let's go, Lenny. <laughs> All right. Um, two other cats that we have in our top 15 that uh, that they don't. James, you talked about this gentleman earlier, Mr. Jonathan Taylor. Nate's dad took him in the first round in our Dynasty League, which uh, which I thought was a, a sneaky good pick. But what do you think? You have him as your 15th player. Why? Uh, best offensive line in the NFL. And one of the most prolific runners in uh, college football history. Um, why am I drawing a blink? What? Who was their starter? Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack has injury history. He can't finish the season healthy. I think this guy's just way more talented. He goes out there and maybe the first couple games they split carries. But after that, they, they find this revelation in this running back. And they're like, we have no choice but to turn around and hand the ball to this guy. I think Jonathan Taylor finishes in the top 15 easily next year. Do you, um yeah. uh, maybe I don't know uh maybe I'm um I'm drawing a blank here but how is he catching the ball to the backfield because we know uh Philip Rivers likes to dump the ball off to his running backs do you think he's going to get a lot of those uh re- receiving t- touches I think he's going to do it all I think he's talented enough I'm looking up his stats in college right now so I'm gonna let Nate talk and then we'll we'll circle back around to that okay yeah, I think he he can catch the ball out of the backfield, and I think he's I mean just as maybe not just as well as Marlon Mack. I think Marlon Mack is actually a little bit better at catching the ball out of the backfield. Not a very and they, good. And they do have Naeem the Hines. They do have Naeem Hines there too. So um, Naeem Hines might be factoring into that situation. Who? Kind of an Naeem Hines. Never heard um, of her. 
I mean, no, I mean, it's the Austin Eckler role. You were saying that about Austin Eckler two years ago, you know, and like you never yeah. heard of him, but then he, he, now he's a thing, you know, so that could factor in, but that's, that's obviously not something that's making me fade uh, Jonathan Taylor. It's his draft capital for me. You have to pick him, uh, you know, fairly high to be able to get a share of Jonathan Taylor's uh, right now. And it's for the reasons James said, he's, he's a, he had a prolific college career. He had, he walked into a situation where he's getting the best offensive line, a guy who's just about an average running back. Marlon Mack has been fantasy relevant over there for years. Now you put a guy that dynamic into that situation. It's going to be, it's going to be game time, but my, and probably I, my only, my biggest reservation is James says a couple games and then he's probably going to get the job. I think it takes more, especially in this COVID type season. I think it takes more than a couple of games for him to just take the reins and take over this situation. So I, I believe he's going to be kind of, he's going to be in a Miles Sanders 2019 situation where we're going to say, damn, in 2021, he's going to be the dude. He's going to be drafted really high and his points per game at the end of the year are probably going to be very good and in there in the top five, I'd say. But early on in the year, it's going to be a learning curve. There's a very good, uh, I'm not okay, not very good, but there's a there's a roadblock in his way named Marlon Mack, and he's not going to get all of that, all those touches. Hmm. So receptions, receptions, uh, freshman year, eight receptions, 95 yards. Sophomore year, eight receptions, 60 yards. Last year, 26 receptions for 252, but. Rushing attempts, 299 for 1977 and 13 touchdowns, 307 for 21, 94 yards and 16 touchdowns, and then 320 for 2003 and 21 touchdowns. He's just a pure runner. I don't know. I just don't think there's going to be a, a huge comparison. I think he'll be – I think in the beginning of the year he'll be hampered a little bit more. He'll be on the on the field for the first couple downs. He might have a little bit of competition with Marlon Mack, but I still think he finishes in top 15. That's why I have him on 15 on my list. All right. Now, our last gentleman that we all have in our top 15, James, actually has him number seven. Number seven, or Pete, number seven. I have him in the 10 spot. Nate has him in the uh, 14th spot. Which is surprising, right? He's a Steelers homer. I know. But James, number seven, explain yourself. Big game, James. Big Ben comes back. James gets healthy. Final year, they're going to give him every opportunity to be the lead back. We've seen um, what he can do. Um, I think he finished like what top five running back a couple of years ago. I don't know. I just believe in him, and it was a little bit of a, a uh, to Nick Chubb and uh, Joe Mixon. I put him ahead of both of them. I just believe in James. I believe in James also. But Nate Steeler man, why don't you believe in James as much as we do? I mean, I do. I think uh, his points per game is probably going to be very elite. He just hasn't proved that he can play 16 games. He hasn't proved it in his entire career. And that's a little concerning to me. He's his, While he's out there, yeah, he's. I, I personally believe he's probably a top eight back when he's actually on the field in this Pittsburgh Steelers offense with this really good rushing offensive line. He's going to be a very good player. He gets the ball out of the backfield. They pass it to him, so he has that little bit of a safe floor catching the ball. And he is very good when the ball's in his hand rushing the football. He's going to get all of that goal line work. I don't care about any of the scrubs that are behind him, Benny Snell um, and McFarland <laughs> that they drafted. Like I'm, I don't care about that situation. If James Conner is healthy, he is going to be the number one back. The Pittsburgh Steelers 
forever. Like my entire time watching them uh, play football have always ran a single back out there. They're committed to one back, not a running back by committee. And so that makes you very happy about that. Only reservation is whether or not he can finish the season. And I just don't think he can. Now he may prove me wrong and, and that's going to be, you know, I guess my downfall, but even I'm still taking him in all these spots. I just don't have him ranked that high. You know, like I'm, I'm still getting him in the third or even the fourth round. Like you're, he's going um, on this list. They have him as overall pick 42. Like you're able to get this dude in the fourth round. That is extreme value to get a guy with that kind of talent. Like this is Aaron Jones type production last year, 2019 Aaron Jones could definitely be James Conner. Can I see that situation? Hell yeah. It's only if he stays on the field. And that's my, that's my concern. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he definitely has some uh, some injury issues. Yeah, and whatnot. T- 2018, he finished running back number six. So, I mean, that tells you right there what 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 type of type of season this guy can have. He, he oh, finished for- right behind Ezekiel Elliott. It's crazy. A couple things. Um, that is our top fifteen. Um, Nate's gonna throw it down for us again. If you go look up at Jimmy up on OnlyFans, he has his top fifteen um, positions um that he likes to use uh, so we got to go make sure we check those out and one of them's before, not with the feet though just to no, break your heart actually right? that's number 15 on his list and before i pass it back on to the hostess with the mostest gentlemen you guys look great with your mustaches i'm glad you guys came along yeah we got the trio of mustaches going right now mm-hmm. hey thank you guys for tuning in for another episode of the f to the o to the t remember to support james at his only fans account please 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 remember to go on the gofundme and support craig on his <laughs> on his adventure to get a new computer to keep bringing you guys this just absolute audio bliss every every week uh thanks again you can find us on the instagram at fantasy on tap you can find us on Twitter at tap underscore fantasy. We're on all them fantasy podcast in platforms. We're on Apple pods. We're on Spotify. We're on all the good stuff. Thanks again. Take it away. Jake.